0: lesson tonight um, is entitled God Comes Through. God Comes Through, part one. Um, During this holiday season, I want to be sharing from uh, these Christmas narratives. And this is part one. And I want to tag this lesson just this one time. That's what I want to call it. Just this one time. Matthew chapter one verse eighteen. Matthew one eighteen. Listen to what it says Matthew one eighteen. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Just this one time. Well, it's Christmas season again, and uh, I invite us to look for the next several lessons that at the particular scriptures that uh, surround the giving of God's dear son and the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there is no scripture that is off limits at any time of the year. All the word of God is suitable for preaching and teaching at any time. Let's not just think, because we've read and heard uh, these familiar Christmas scriptures years and years before, let's not uh, assume that we have gained all uh, the gift. Always we should return to a familiar text and ask the Lord to show us something new. As I mentioned Sunday, as we looked at uh, the event of the wise men, I said, I pray that we will draw fresh water from an ancient well. Uh, that's that's a way of asking the Lord to show us something new uh it's like gazing at downtown chicago depending upon where you're standing you you can see different sights from different angles and different degrees of visibility and different uh buildings and structures have have prominence depending upon where you're standing. And it's like that whenever you revisit a familiar text. It's the task of the Holy Spirit to, to give you sight and insight from that angle. So we're always looking for the fresh perspective, new insights, and a, a new angle to the truth we initially discovered long ago. So we've been looking at the Christmas story all of our lives. So let's ask the question, what else uh, do we see? What new can we learn? Now, granted, outside of Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, there are just a few other relevant prophetic passages like in Isaiah and Micah and a few in the Psalms, but there's enough to keep us discovering and learning for the rest of our lives. I don't ever want to get to a passage of Scripture and say there's nothing left for me to know. The Bible tells us of many miracle births, miracle. How do you define a miracle? A miracle is an occurrence or an event that cannot be explained by the natural course of laws that God put in place from women whose wounds were closed unable to conceive or carry, or women and men who were beyond the age of reproductive ability, God made births come forth. How do you explain it? It's a miracle. To name a few, Isaac is a miracle child, born in Genesis 21 to Abraham, 99, and Sarah, 89 years of age, both well beyond the normal child-bearing years. In Judges, Samson is born to Manoah and his uh, barren wife. Heretofore, she had been unable to have children. Here comes Samson, a miracle birth. Then Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the first prophet, the final judge and the anointer of kings, his birth was providential in power. His mother Hannah could could not have children, and then she did a miracle. So by divine miracles, beyond human explanation, God opens wounds. Do you know what the common denominator in all of these miracle births are? Here it is. They all had a man contributing his part both parents man and woman had sex with each other that's the common thread in all of these uh, miracle stories grown folk talk now it takes two to tangle and now here comes jesus and the bible says Ain't nobody tangled with Mary. What sets this birth in a category all by itself? It's the only one that takes place in the course of human history as a virgin birth. Now, Mary, a very young, engaged girl, but Mary is not naive. She, she knows how babies are made and how babies are, are conceived and how babies get born. She's young. Uh, she's a teenager in the culture and in the time. Uh, uh, girls became mothers and wives early. So, so Mary's not naive. But she is surprised. In Luke 1.34, Mary, uh, echoes or uh, articulates her surprise. She says, how can this be since I do not know a man? You know what she's saying. She's saying, I haven't had sex. A womb of a woman without the impregnation by a man, all because God in heaven made it happen. God makes the rules so he can break it. Accomplished by miraculous intervention, Mary gives birth to a son, our Savior the once and never to be repeated case of Holy Spirit conception. That's why I tagged this lesson just this one time. The bringing together of two natures, hear me good, deity and humanity to get Jesus here both as Deity and humanity, it had to happen this way. It had to be this way. Had Jesus been conceived by natural means with Joseph or anyone else as his father, he would not have been God and would not have been a true savior of sinners. Hear me good. You cannot save sinners, and you yourself are as the one you are saving. Life is in the blood. Leviticus 17 and 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your souls. Life is in the blood, and sinful life, is transmitted through the bloodstream. So every time a baby is born, a sinner is born. I know we call them little angels, but really they are not. Definitely neither were we, especially me. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, David confesses, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Listen, not that we have sinned, but that we are in our existence sinners, and so would have been Jesus if he had been the product of a biological sex encounter. Sex does not make you a sinner. You are a sinner having sex. So it required sinless to die for the sinful. I hope you're catching me. So Mary, as an untouched woman, a virgin, never had a man. Mary has the seed of God planted in her womb. God allows the eternal Son of God to be implanted in the Temporal or the earthly womb of Mary. And now Jesus is the son of God on earth as he was and is in heaven forever already. There could have been no genuine work of redemption apart from the fact of God becoming man. And by being completely both God and man, reconciling people to himself through his substitutionary death and physical resurrection, there could have been no authentic work of redemption unless God did it with Jesus being both human and divine. If Jesus had not been both human and divine, there would be no gospel. So the Holy Ghost conceived Jesus without any assistance from a human father. Bottom line. Jesus had one human parent. Mary, so that he could be a man and identify closely with what it means to be human. Jesus had divine parentage, God, so he could live a sinless life, perfectly fulfill the law of God for us, and make the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Wow. That's deep, y'all, but it's delightful. Born of a virgin is the greatest birth of all. His miraculous conception remains impossible to understand by human intellect alone. God chooses not to explain the details of it to us just like he chose to leave unexplained the intricacies of his creating the universe from nothing. The precise way he could be one God in three persons, he does not explain or exactly what happens when a depraved sinner is born again as he or she repents of their sins and trusts Christ, God chooses to leave a lot of the details unexplained as to how it happened. But aren't you glad it happened? We believe and accept these truths by faith. We don't have to have explanations. We don't live by explanations. We live by faith. You want full understanding? Well, you got to wait until you get to heaven. First Corinthians 13 and 12 says it better than I good. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face-to-face, now we know in part, but then we shall know fully. You got questions? You want to understand just how and why and every intricate detail? You got questions? Well, make sure you get to heaven so you can get them answered. Because I don't have all the answers. Neither does anybody else. And I'll end on this note and pick up with another element of the Christmas story next week. I'll end on this note. Here we are fretting and losing sleep and speaking in doubt over issues far less baffling and perplexing than getting a child into the world without the touch of a man. If God can do that, and he did, then what are you falling apart about? Is there anything too hard For God. So maybe. It's. Us who need to. Believe him. More. Believing him more. Starts. With believing. What he says. Understanding will come. But just grasp. And grip. And hold on to what he says. So that's what I see in this Christmas season and in this familiar story. I pray that you've had a drink of fresh water from this ancient well. I'm taking the limits off my belief. I am believing God more because of what he did just that one time. Hallelujah. And thus is the lesson and the word of faith that I teach. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just this one time. Yeah, God, God comes through part one. Next week I'm going to do part two. Following week I'm going to do part three. God comes through. Hallelujah. God bless each of you. I hope you, you, you got a thought uh, from a different angle, you know, uh, uh, a new insight, uh, a fresh perspective.